Welcome to episode four of the Triple Play Podcast. I am Mike, joined by Ryan and Matt as usual. What is up? How's it going, guys? Uh, All right, we're changing the podcast name. It's going to be a Yankees-Nationals exclusive because they're the two best teams in baseball right now. <laughs> is, that, is that okay? <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, we're just kidding. We'll, we'll touch on other things, too. Um, the first thing I want to touch on is uh, this whole Mets thing, which is the greatest thing ever, because I don't think as Yankees fans you like the Mets, and the Nationals fans definitely hate them. Um, Y'all caught up on the whole Matt Harvey, Dildo Gate, Syndergaard shoulder, all that good stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. How awesome is it just to see them implode? They're the worst team at managing pitchers I've ever seen. Well, the best thing for me is... I saw this meme, I guess, the other day, and it was talking about, oh, do you want to hit, fix healthcare? Do the opposite of whatever the Mets are doing. <laughs> That's actually awesome. Um, but it's just, they've had issues in the past. They have this star-studded rotation, and, like, Syndergaard is declining MRIs, and the GM's like, yeah, like, you don't need one, even though you probably should get one. He's had that dead arm issue before. Then he has a torn lat. I don't even know how the hell that's possible. Um, and then the latest saga is Matt Harvey apparently just, I don't know if he's off, just banging. Uh, who's that new chick he's banging? The one that used to um, date a- uh, Julian Edelman? Adriana Lima or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know. Woods, where do you where do you come in? You're, you're a pitcher. Syndergaard uh, thing I knew he was gonna have a horrible year. I thought he was gonna get hurt because he came into the o- he came out of the off season saying that he was gonna throw even harder than last year, which in itself velocity is great. But unless you're throwing as hard as Chapman does, you can throw hard, but you gotta hit spots. So you really would like him to focus on hitting spots instead of trying to throw as hard as possible. And they when he talked about his off season workout program, it wasn't legs or the lower body, which would you would hope your pitcher would work out because that's just going to help you. Instead, he was working out upper body and trying to help. And if he's just overthrowing and hurling the ball all day long, you're not going to last an MLB season doing that type of thing, going out throwing 100 pitches a game. Well, you know it's going to be a rough season when after, what was it, his second start and he had to miss a start because of a tired arm? Like, it's the start of the season. This is when you're supposed to be in your best shape. Yeah, yeah I mean... Like I like speaking of that, actually, I don't know why I didn't start with this. The Mets fan, the Mets kid that was ranting. Y'all seen that video, right? I refuse to watch it. I you... don't give that clicks. Wait, 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 what, dude? I... How have you not seen this? I, I mean, it's popped up a bunch, but I just scroll past it. Oh come I, on, dude! I refuse have... to give clicks to those type of things anymore. I'm it's tired not even, of all it, of them. It's not even a click, dude. It's it just is a click. No, because it's well. Are you talking about click as in click play or click like the link to see it? Well, I saw it on Instagram and I refused to watch it because then I'll give them a view. And I saw it on like Bleacher Report and I refused to click on the link. Like I'm not one view. Rye isn't gonna make that big of a difference. I'm not helping. (laughs) Wait, okay, Woods, have you seen it? No, nah, because I don't go on social media, Mike. <laughs> oh, God damn. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, essentially, I mean, I, I want to um, – I'm what I'm going to do when I edit this podcast, I'm going to throw in these random clips <laughs> of this guy just ripping the Mets. He calls Terry Collins uh, an orange. Uh, he calls him an orange and then calls him slow as shit. Terry, it's over for you, you little shithead. You little orange, you fuck, slow as shit. Which uh, I think is funny. Then he calls Syndergaard a Barbie doll. Syndergaard! Get out of here, you little Barbie doll. Get the f- Um, what else is, ah, uh, it's, it's it's amazing. You guys need to see it. Just watch it. It's a minute. So, anyway, uh, so the Mets are imploding. But, um, who's not imploding, who's exploding, is Eric Thames. And, um... 
yeah, Woods, you seem so, to be fascinated with him. Actually, I am too because he was out of baseball for like four years in MLB. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see what the guy's done because prior to this year in the MLB, he had played oh, like 170 games and had 20 home runs, which is still, for your average MLB player, pretty good, but he was batting around 240 during that time frame. And then he went over to Korea, and they said that he was a great player over there, which a lot of people that have come from Korea to the MLB, we've seen the great things like the Ichiro's and stuff like that coming from foreign leagues to play well in the U.S., but we've never seen a guy struggle in the MLB, go away, and then come back and be great. And what he, he started off the season extremely well. He has 12 home runs. He's batting three, a little over 320 through 30 games, but I, I just don't think that he can keep it up. I think the thing that's great is that the MLB on a daily basis has been drug testing him, though, so there's no shot this guy is using and getting away with it. Because he said that he's be- he got tested like four times in the same week or something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, it's just funny how you set that up. And he's like, you know, a guy coming back out of baseball in the MLB at least for uh, four years and then coming back and just demolishing baseballs. Eyebrows are raised. Yeah, he had one of the best opening months in MLB history. He was just three sh- shy of our Pujols when Albert Pujols had his MVP season. So, good start for him. Well, uh, talking about good starts, there he obviously had one. In the, and then in the AL, Aaron Judge, who was just exploding. Um, and I've seen these new shirts, like, all rise, like him holding a gavel instead of a bat. Um, I don't know if you've, you guys have purchased one or not. Those are pretty cool. Um, now you got to do it for a little bit more than 26 or so games uh, and then, before I buy it. Well, and then in the NL, again, like Ryan Zimmerman, another person who I would question is using some kind of PEDs, is having an unbelievable start. Well, the thing I like about both of them is, well, I saw by Nick Swisher had a great segment on uh, MLB Network where he broke down Judge's swing and just said that he shortened everything and isn't taking a huge leg kick, is bending his knees more and just realizes people are throwing over 90 miles an hour and that guy's got insane power and strength as it is. If he makes contact, he's going to absolutely demolish baseballs. And there's been some pitches where he's not even taking full swings and still homering. And then I also really like the adjustments that uh, Zimmerman's made. It seems like he's doing a better job getting his uh, front foot down because in the past it seemed like he was really just an off-speed pitch hitter where this year he's getting his front da- foot down earlier and he's ready to go. Well, the thing with uh, Zimmerman too is last year uh, when they played the Cubs, Madden would literally purposely uh, oh shit, like li- walk somebody to get to, I think it was, he wanted to walk Harper just to get to uh, uh, Zimmerman on purpose because the guy was like couldn't hit anything that serious so it was like almost like disrespectful um, and now he's coming out and doing this this year um, so yeah Zimmerman off to a good start but yeah the, the judge thing is crazy because he I did this from four days ago I don't know what the record is now but he, they're 11-0 and when he homers so yeah and the thing is I was saying it to some of my friends from work this week the craziest part about watching judge hit because he feels like that kid who, in Little League, hits puberty way too early, and he's the only one that's hitting home runs, and you can't figure out why this kid's great and everyone hypes him up, and then you get older and he's just horrible again. But we'll see how <laughs> Judge goes. But the dude just looks like an oversized human being playing baseball. I was going right to say, he looks, he looks way too big. He is. He is the biggest position player ever. So Is, that, like, is, that, is, that, a, is that a fact? fact? Like, fact, okay. yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm not just throwing out random stuff. No, he no, is the biggest, biggest position player ever. It's alternative facts, bitch. <laughs> and apparently people, well, obviously people are comparing him to Stanton because of how hard he hits the ball. And John Carlos Stanton is getting pissed about it. The other day he made a comment. He was like, I feel like I'm talking about this guy more than I am about my own team and how we're doing. Can we calm the, calm this down? Like, stop bringing him up to me. I get it. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, whoa, what was that? Um, <laughs> but uh, switching back, and, and I know I'm making a joke that it's a Nationals-Yankees podcast, but the Nationals who uh, lead baseball in runs, am I reading that right? Yes, and runs per game. Runs per game, and the Yankees lead the AL. So um, one of the big reasons the Nationals were leading um, or had a good start is that Adam Eaton at the top of the lineup was always getting on base and then coming home. It was uh, He would get on base, Harper would bring him home. It was kind of a rinse-repeat thing. He tore his ACL in meniscus. Um, you know, I knew it was too good to be true. But they, they, they can plug guys in. They have some good – they have a Wilmer Defoe who uh, is a pretty good prospect who's played a lot more recently. So not too – Bad. And then uh, more Yankees topics. They had one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history. Um, what was that last week? Two weeks ago. Um, well, they've been got... coming. They've been coming back a lot recently. Well, like, last night they won an 18 versus the Cubs. Even though that wasn't a comeback, they blew the save. But they still won an 18, and they swept the Cubs. But Woods, what was this comeback you were referring to? So the Yankees were down. It was. Outrageous! It was like nine to one, and they battled back uh, multiple home runs to come back. But the best part, which anyone who's listening, if they have not seen the home run call by John Sterling, who is the Yankees' radio call announcer, this guy's absolutely amazing when it comes to his calls. And Matt Holiday came up, and it was like a one-one fastball out on the outside corner, and Holiday homer to right center and John Sterling's just going nuts and his home run call for holiday is happy holiday happy holiday well we're gonna the most epic ending to a 10-9 Yankees comeback win well what we're gonna do is we're gonna play it right here So you guys can listen, and uh, we'll just keep talking. But, um, yeah, uh, to stay in that division, though, uh, Yankees division, uh, Machado, that was kind of an epic series with the Red Sox um, because he got thrown at again. and He had a few words thrown, about it. He had a few words. Um, I was thinking about possibly trying to find that interview and playing it, <laughs> but... Um, Not safe for work interview? not safe for work because he dropped a lot of F-bombs. And he kind of says what I've said, is that pitchers are able to weaponize a ball. They can throw 100 miles per hour, and that's a, that's kind of dangerous if you're aiming for the head. So so he kind of said, and paraphrasing, they can use a ball. Well, guess what? I have a bat. But he also says, if I go out and smash somebody, I'll get suspended for the year, and they only get suspended a couple games at that. Yeah, Chris so, Hill didn't get suspended at all. So he does have a point, though. I've always called, um, I've always hated when pitchers th- use that as a weapon, throw at guys. I know it's kind of like, uh, what I'm trying to, for lack of a better word, tradition is not the right word, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's like it's an old school hey, that, part of the game. Yeah, old, there we go. That's and I'm an old school player and fan, so I don't mind it. It's just one, you don't throw at them as hard as you can. Two, you don't aim for the head. You aim for, like, their butt. And three, most of the time they know it's coming, so they'll just turn and take it off the butt, take their base, and then it's over with. The problem I have with this situation is it doesn't seem to be over with, and people are throwing at people because someone threw at them, and it's not a back-and-forth thing. It's one person does something wrong, the pitcher on the other team throws at them, hits them, and it's over with. This to me, it just seems like they're going back and forth and are being children that each one wants to have the last word. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it seems like that's actually more and more the case, and it's just kind of annoying. It's like, hey, like, let your... It's almost, I'm not old school in the sense, like, let your play do the talk. If he threw at you, okay, he's not going to throw at you again or he'll get ejected. So, well, the th- don't... 
The thing that I think is great, first off, is that the Yankees are just flying under the radar in the division because everyone's focusing on Baltimore and Boston and things that are going on, which is great for the young Yankees not having to deal with more media than they already have in New York. But the thing I'd like to say about the whole situation is I think it's funny that, you know, as it went on, people are continuing to try to throw at each other, and it's really not like people are making contact. Like, they're, like Ryan's saying, they're trying to throw at people and they're just missing. So then a couple games go on, and then <laughs> Gaussman, a starter for the Orioles, throws a curveball, which was tracked at, s- at, it was like 77 miles an hour. It slowest was the slowest pitch, pitch of the season. Yeah, slowest pitch of the season. And he hits uh, he hits Bogarts in the, ba- in the middle of the back, and they tossed him for that. It was like, even if you have both benches worn, if I'm hitting, you can hit me with a curveball all you want. It doesn't bother me. And honestly, probably my teammates at that point are hyped because I'm on base and I'm not a good hitter. But you're like, wow, what are you doing throwing out Gaussman for a curveball? And he came off the mound saying exactly that. I was like, it was a curveball. And I really don't think that one was on purpose. I think that one got away from him. Yeah, I would venture to guess that one did just because of the speed of it and it's a curveball. Those can... Those have been like you've seen those get away from pitches. Yeah, you don't so, you don't throw at someone with a curveball. You just take something off like a fastball or changeup. So you at least have the accuracy. Uh, random. Uh, <laughs> something about that. Remember when we used to play uh, MLB 2K? We had some fun Thursday nights in college. Yeah, of course. And um, always win. I remember. I remember. No, we were playing a kid online, and I was throwing like off speed to Kershaw. And Kershaw was at bat, and I was—I don't know what team I was, but I was throwing like nasty Ospie as a guy. You were the Nationals. Trying to get... Everyone knows that. Yeah. No, I don't play with my teams Probably in video p- games. Pitching with Strasburg, the only guy Mike knows on the Nationals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but no, so I was throwing Ospie. The guy paused. Uh, the guy paused the game, and it was like O2 or whatever, and he literally zoomed in on Kershaw's name. To like literally show me like you're pitching to Kershaw, and I was like, I, I get it, but I'm still gonna do it. I don't know, that's a stupid random story, but um, you probably lost that game too. I probably did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, speaking of Kershaw, I'll take the random open discussion and say, because he's so good, especially at home, as we mentioned in our last podcast. What do you think, as the opposing pitcher? Um, you are, what's going through your head when you're going against Kershaw? Is it as simple as you guys better score runs? <laughs> I think the thing that if I was facing Kershaw, and I'm surprised that it doesn't happen more often, because Kershaw is not a pitcher that gets a ton of run support. He gets around the league average. I would really feel like you think you got to be perfect to be out there and get him. Because most of his starts, he's going seven maybe eight innings and he'll give up none or one occasionally multiple runs but it doesn't happen very often and it just feels like you really can't make any mistakes and as well as you're going along all it takes is one bad inning and the game's already over so I feel like that's got to be extremely frustrating yeah um but yeah I, I think I mean wait Ryan you haven't meant, you haven't said anything right yeah I think that if I was a pitcher, I would just be praying for them to at least score one run. Because if they score one run, I would be happy because a lot of teams don't even score one. Ryan's trying to get out of there with a no decision. Yeah, like <laughs> like just just score one so at least it's not 100% my fault we lost. <laughs> like, Don't put it all on me. We can't win if you don't score one. Or you could be a pitcher that rakes and help yourself. Hey, now you're talking, Mike. Catch him by surprise. <laughs> Catch one of the, It's funny watching Kershaw because he throws that 12-6 curveball, and it really looks like a hanging curveball when it goes over the plate. But people just don't expect it to be a strike, so there's people that are just taking curveballs down the middle. Mad, Mad Bum took him. I was going right? to say, and that's exactly what Mad Bum thinks, is I'm going to win this myself. <laughs> I think he has, like, three home runs off of him, which is... Uh, I forget the exact stat, but he has more home runs than, like, 
name all the other good players in the NL. He has like more home runs than any other good player in the NL does off of Kershaw. Hmm. You y'all can look it up and research it. I forget it. It was like the second game of the season when the stat came up. So I don't remember it, but it was something crazy. Speaking of crazy, did y'all see Ozuna for the Marlins hit the banner in the outfield for his home run? Uh, yeah, that did was it was it at home? I didn't see this. Um, Fastball not... down the middle from Blake Snell of the Rays, and he absolutely crushed one to left field, and it hit off like in the upper deck. There's these banners that hang down because the Rays know they can't sell out, so no one's gonna sit in the upper deck anyway. And it hit off a banner. It was, I think they said it was 467 when it hit the banner. Yeah. Jesus. Another crazy point to this is it's not the first time he's done this. So I was trying to look it up to show my dad. And I looked it up and he watches it. And he was like, oh, that's crazy. And I watched it afterwards. I was like, that's not the one I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) The previous one, he hit it off the top of the foul post. And it bounced up and hit the banner. So that one was a little bit shorter, but still, to hit a banner twice, like, that's insane. Yeah, that's wild. And it's not even like he doesn't swing that hard. It doesn't take a a Stanton type of swing where he throws his whole body into it. Yeah, he's, uh, Ozuna's on the up and up, I feel like. Uh, He had a good season last year. I know I had him in fantasy. He was kind of my utility guy. But uh, I don't even know what the Marlins are doing. Are they in second to last place? I'm not even sure. But uh, I know they're uh, getting sold. And uh, a guy you're familiar with, Derek Jeter and uh, Jed Bush. You're not familiar with Jed Bush. You're familiar with Derek Jeter, obviously. But uh, they are joining to buy the team. And apparently A-Rod said, I am not going against my former teammate. So... uh, don't know what the amount is, but it's probably a lot. Yeah, that that was just weird because it said it was sold to them, and then they said that it wasn't sold to them. And there's another buyer, so who knows? But I can, I think Derek Cheater would be a great owner. What is he making? Uh, he's got. I, I never looked up his like net worth. Is he in the hundreds of millions? I'm sure he is. Easily. I'm gonna look that up right now. Net worth of Derek Jeter. I mean, he's got a bunch of endorsements along with a long playing career. Like, I never remember him. All the time still, too, so. Remember those, uh, didn't he have, like, an Onion article about how he, like, treats his, like, one-night stands? Didn't you think it was real? That wasn't Onion, that's real. No, it's an Onion article. No, it's real. I'll send you the article again later. It's legitimately a real thing. No. It was you trying send to call, me an Onion article. It was trying to call Derek Jeter an asshole, which is just the complete opposite of what he is. I won't go into the details on the podcast, but you guys will be very... It's unbelievable. It's like a legit article. Because he sent... It's been uncovered multiple times because he sends flowers, like... Well, when he was single now, obviously he's not. But he would send a flower package and, like, signed memorabilia and stuff to every girl that he would sleep with. And there was one girl that he slept with multiple times. And he ended up sending the flower package to her again. And that's when she realized, wow, he must send this to everybody, not a special occasion just for me. Which is insane. So you're mad at him for just... Oh, I'm being not polite after his one night stands. <laughs> no, he's doing a good. Ju- he's, probably, he's being a he's, good dude. He's not being a good dude. His, I'm sure his marketing guy probably told him do this so then women can sell the memorabilia and you won't get sued randomly for stuff. You can't have sued for, or you can't get sued for consensual sex. Yeah, but how do we know they're not going to try and say it wasn't consensual? Come on, kid. It's the 21st century. There's a lot of opportunities to make money. Well, uh, so I don't know why somebody typed this in on our doc. I don't know what it means, but 
It says last place teams in the AL. Well, if you would have let me brought it up, I would have well, said it without you having to go well, through that. I put my headphones back on after leaving the room for 30 seconds, and I had a little bit of silence, so I kind of freaked out. All right. Uh, but if you look at the last place in each division for the AL, it's the Blue Jays, who we thought would be pretty decent, the Royals, who genius me picked as my World Series favorite, and the Rangers. So, not looking like a great start for teams that we liked at the beginning of the season. I won't say B for Kansas City Royals. That was me. But the other two. On the counter end of that, um, the Rockies and Diamondbacks are still doing respectable. Like, first place respectable. So, um, yeah, we should just stop doing this because clearly we're not good at predictions. Ah, I'll let but. this season play out, boys. I'll probably go 6-0. and oh. I mean, okay. maybe. I'm just saying, rough start. Everyone knows the season doesn't start until after the All-Star break, but it's not looking yeah, we, good so far for well, teams that we, teams that were supposed to be good. We also said Ryan was never going to win the curtain call, and he fucking won it the next week. Yeah, I got to start um, paying more attention to have one to of, make sure. One of two weeks in a row, thank you very much. Well, actually, that, How do that, you was, do? My, that was my fault. I didn't, I didn't pick anything this week, or last week, I should say. Yeah, y'all should probably pick to like give me some competition. I'm just out here putting up perfect weeks. Did you get any free stuff? No, but I got a perfect week. Wait, you, you didn't, didn't get a scratch off or anything from the app? Do they send me stuff? Yeah, they yeah, send. Yeah, it should be like, hey, like scratch off, and you just get like in your rewards. To... Uh, I'll have to check because I definitely got something. I think I had a 14, perfect week. Fourteen in a row. I think you're in like a raffle where you have a one in ten shot to get tickets to the MLB All Star game. Oh sweet. One in ten. <laughs> Damn. That's, that's great odds. I'll take them. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but I want to actually go into stats from the last week because uh, there's a couple crazy ones. And then we can go into uh, Woods, you have your fantasy MVP-esque thing that I would like to argue with. But uh, last week, Rendon had a statistical anomaly, as Woods like to call it. He went 6-for-6, six six, had 10 RBIs. Say with confidence, uh, with 10 RBIs. 10 RBIs. Uh, ele- or 11. But <laughs> it, was it literally, la- literally raised his average, like, I want to say, like, 20 points. And uh, made his average more respectable, and he's been doing solid ever since, really. But uh, he had that crazy day, 6-for-6, six six, 10 RBIs, uh, single-handedly beat the Mets. Wasn't it three home runs in there, too? Yep, three home runs. Yeah, don't leave that out. And then, uh, and then they won the game 23-5. to five. So that's actually what set off that Cubs-Kids rant. Um, and then the un- the good thing we're doing the podcast tonight instead of last night because we would have not been able to say the fun fact from the Cubs-Yankees game. 18 innings, 583 pitches, 42 players used, 48 Ks record, most innings played in interleague play. Uh, I tried to stay up and watch it. I made it to 14. Yeah, right. I made I- it to the same thing. And then I was like, once Chase and Shreve came in the game, I knew I thought the game was over and the Yankees were going to lose, so I just went to bed before it got ugly. But I saw it was 4-1 Yankees, and I just didn't watch anymore. Yeah, Chapman had a terrible blown save. It was it was bad. It was the worst how I've was ever Rizzo, seen pitch. How was Rizzo supposed to be in the lineup tonight? I mean, that's absurd. The guy took an absolute heater off the forearm. Oh, yeah. He got railed in the forearm. But that, that series was crazy. The Yankees swept, but in one of the games, they were down, it was like 2-1, to one. There was two people on base. Gardner was up, down to the last strike of the game, and Gardner hits a walk-off three-run home run. Yep. Gardner, yep. I like, and the it, Yankees it was got an lucky. insane series. Yeah, the Yankees got lucky that Wade Davis wasn't available that day just because that had, that made uh, the Cubs turn to other people in their bullpen. But, yeah, that was wild. Huh. I, I actually did, I did my betting rule yesterday for the game. And I bet, and I took the Cubs to win, cause my my rule is you don't get swept in a series at home, and I lost money. <laughs> wow, 
Jesus. You betting, not. That's a good rule, though. People listening, take that. Dude, my brother's, got, my brother's got back from the casino, and he just goes, well, he texted me last night at, like, 12.30 my time, so it was, like, 3 a.m. East Coast time, or 2 o'clock his time in Mississippi. He goes, yo, you up? Question mark. Five minutes later, bro, lost so much money. And then, so today we uh, recorded a podcast um, for our DC Sports one, and he just goes, bro, I lost, like, $270. And I go, on what? And he's like, on slots. Oh my god! Oh my god! At least you were smart enough to lose that kind of money on like the roulette table or <laughs> yeah, something. No, play, that's the play that's the funny craps. thing. That's the funny thing. Oh, I don't want to play craps. We have that story of how Lucas came to the table because he knew I was having a bad weekend, and he just goes. <laughs> and and then what you never do is you bet on the don't come, which nobody ever does that. And he goes, well, oh, Mike's rolling, so I'm gonna bet on the don't come, and of course. I crap out, and he goes, thank you very much, Mike. I'll take my money. And he walked away. Yeah, that was and awesome. everyone at the table hated him. <laughs> they applauded. I applauded. Yeah. All right, but back to actual the podcast. So one thing I want to talk about is a guy that's on a team that's going to struggle this year in the San Diego Padres, and this guy will be an all-star as long as he stays healthy and will be deserving of an all-star bid. Not an all-star just because every team gets one all-star, and that's Will Myers. The guy does basically everything at the first base position. He hits for power, hits for average, and he'll steal bases. So, if first off, if you have a fantasy team, you're probably not going to be able to get him. But if he's available, I would go out and try and get him in a trade where you feel like you're not giving up too much. But in actual baseball... This guy was a first-round pick of the Rays. The Rays brought him up after Longoria, but took their time so they could get that extra year and then trade him for some young pitching and more talent. But well, I, I think say, that this guy's going to be uh, hes going to be on the market at the trade deadline, and everybody, for the most part, that needs any sort of bat is going to want him to be willing to pay up because he's a plug-and-play every day. You know, th- between two and five in your lineup, you're getting an absolute stud. <laughs> Well, the, the fun fact about that trade you brought up is that was the Trey Turner trade. That was Sousa Jr. going to the Rays, Will Myers going to the Padres, and Trey Turner coming back as the player to be named later, which actually made them change that rule because somehow, some way, like now, we wouldn't be able to get Trey Turner with the new rule. So I think the loser in that trade was the Rays. I know Sousa Jr. is a nice player, but he was a fourth outfielder essentially for us, and uh, we essentially turned him into a stud shortstop and they got a stud first baseman out in San Diego so if that's the actual trade they got absolutely ripped off I mean yeah um, well once Madden left the Rays like didn't know what to do with stuff so they were just <laughs> trying to trade assets didn't know what and to do with stuff Will, Will Myers was all star caliber when he was with the Rays I loved him with the Rays and then I was kind of sad for him when he went to the Padres because I knew he wouldn't get any You're going from one chance nice, of winning. One nice weather, shitty teams. Um, that's pretty much how you describe that. But um, our last kind of cool story: uh, the first African player born, African-born player, uh, got a hit in his first play appearance. He plays for the uh, Pirates, right? Am I yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, do you know how to pronounce his name? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta read it. <laughs> Is it like Gosh and Gope? It's Gift and Gope. Gift? Gift and Gope. Gift, like present. So it's spelled that way? Yeah. That's awesome. Gift and Gope. And yeah, so his first at bat in his MLB career, he got a hit. And it's just crazy that he's the first African-born player to get. Yeah, I mean, first well, yeah. The thing that gets me is that First, he got called up so early in the season. So, I mean, I'm sure there was injuries that led to it, but it felt like a, to me, it felt like a media ploy because they kept hyping up how he was the first African-born player. So I thought he was only going to be up for, like, uh, maybe one or two games just to get a hit and then he'd be called back down. But, no, he's still up and he sees time. And he, the Pirates are a team that rotates players a lot to get everybody in the lineup. And he sees a lot of playing time. It's pretty crazy. 
Um, speaking of a guy who was getting his first uh, plate appearances, Cody Bellinger from the Dodgers, highly touted prospect, came up. He has five homers in his first 11 MLB games. Um, little Looks like a spark plug for the Dodgers, who are now in second place to the uh, Rockies. I think the Dodgers hit a bit of a slump. Because uh, now the Rockies are in first place in that division. I wanted to, I, I was bringing up standings because I was thinking about the Cubs. They're 16 and 15, so that's kind of a. Um, and uh, we said Cincinnati was going to be bad. Uh, they're they're second place. So, uh, but of course we we talk about this every year in baseball how it's 30 what five games into the season. Uh, yes, yeah, everything everything will all equal out. It always does. So who knows. Uh, the hot starts by our teams specifically hopefully won't uh, fizzle out. But um, it seems like a lot of parity this year in a lot of divisions, at least the top of these divisions I'm looking at, not a lot of game separation right now. But um, <coughs> other than that, uh, those were the – that was like the last of the stats I really had from this week because I think the biggest one was yeah, that, that the 18-inning game was crazy. But if you want to go into your fantasy now and get knock those out. Yeah, I'll get into that. So I made a fantasy weekly MVP. It was two weeks ago. I made it an ex-Yankee starter who's pitching really well for the Pirates. Ivan Nova, just because he's a guy under the radar. He had two starts, pitched 16 innings, uh, had 14 strikeouts, got two wins, and only gave up one earned run. My honorable mention, though, is a guy that I love as a player, A.J. Pollock. He had seven steals in a week. Um... You know, Billy Hamilton, a lot of guys own in fantasy solely for the purpose of steals because this year it looks like he could break the 100 steal mark. He has ni- he had 19 in the opening month. But Pollock does a lot more than uh, Billy does offensively, and he should be able to get you about 40 steals by the end of the season. Uh, my pickup of the week, at this point I haven't set a bar, but I'm trying to focus on guys that would be available in at least 25% of leagues so anyone... Uh, below 75% ownership on ESPN. And the guy that stands out to me this week is Michael Franco. A lot of guys are giving up on him because he's currently batting 217. But this guy has a lot of power. And from all the stats that I've been reading, he seems like his uh, batted balls in play with like hard contact is up from previous years. He's just hitting a lull in terms of hitting it right at people and his stats should turn around, but this guy has a lot of power, and he already has 25 RBIs, so you know he's, if the Phillies score any runs, Franco's going to be a part of it this season. I just had a, out of curiosity, is it just, you just don't like the Nationals, is why you said Zimmerman can't be the MVP? Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for this past week, Zimmerman might have been, but I just think that, uh, as I'm saying, like, I didn't do it, update it this week, but Zimmerman well, could have been That could have even week. been for last week, because he was batting like Four seventy. Yeah, but it's that I'm trying to do just on a simple week to week. But the guy that I was close to going with was Rendon, like you talked about, just because he really didn't have a good month, but he made it look like he had a good month by his one day against the Mets to close out a, uh, April. Yeah, that one game can change a week easily. I mean, honestly, th- yeah, if you have him in fantasy, that boosted your that does like three games worth of uh, RBIs and home runs. In one, so um, <clears throat> speaking of Billy Hamilton, though, this is a random question because I I, uh, I just ended my job at the NFL. But one of the things that was brought up was that Billy Hamilton challenged John Ross, who just got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals, to a race for charity. Who would you take in that race? A forty-yard dash, that is. Go ahead, Rye. See, to me, it's all about what you do. So I would take John Ross and a four-yard dash. But in a trip around the bases, I would take Billy Hamilton 10 out of 10 times. Well, it's, honestly, just, it's just more what you're used to. I think I got to go bold, but I think I got to take Billy Hamilton. I really don't think I've ever seen anybody that's as fast as this dude. But I think the thing that will be great for all sports fans is because it will give you – like kind of a reality check you'll get a much better idea of how fast you know the fastest baseball player is compared to the fastest football player i'm sure it would be a close race but yeah that would be a, so cool to watch well piggy what? i was gonna say piggybacking off of what Woods just said i've seen billy hamilton in person 
and he's the fastest human being I've seen run. And it was on, I think he bunted, no, what he, he beat out a shallow, um, or a deep in the hole at short, he beat that out. And I was watching him, I was from center field where my seats were, and I watched him run, I'm like, I've never seen a human being run that fast in person. The one uh, that got me was last year, there was that, he was on third base, and like a shallow pop fly was hit, and a second baseman caught it in really shallow right field. And he actually tagged up and scored on the guy. I mean, half of it was catching the guy off guard. I'm sure the guy was like, no way he's actually going to run on me. But he, it really would have been an extremely close play with a perfect throw. Like, he has that kind of speed. Well, he gets he gets the top speed pretty quick, and then he just kind of, it's like like you're watching a person glide. Um, it's insane. Uh, I, I literally, out of a lot of live sporting events I've been to, that's the fastest I've seen him being fly, what, 30 or 60 feet. Whatever, 90 feet, I should say. 90. Yeah. I was going to say 30 yards. <laughs> what I was going to say is what I'm more interested in, other than the John Ross race, is I really wish, like, All-Star Weekend would add, like, skills challenges, and I wish, like, the fastest people would just race around the bases. Not, like, all go at once, because that wouldn't work, but, like, Billy Hamilton go, clock his time, then D Gordon, then Trey Turner, and do all the fastest people... Like pick the top six or whatever. It could they could even two in the, like the preliminary rounds have one guy run around the bases the normal way and one guy run the opposite, and then it would create a little confusion. We'd see how that would mess up com- contestants. What? <laughs> 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 just Billy Hamilton running into Trey Turner at full speed. Yeah, let's just let's just ruin <laughs> people's careers. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, did you mention Ian Desmond, by the way, Woods? Uh, he was. I mentioned him last week. How he was just the the pickup of the week, and everyone should s- keep him on their radar. Uh, also, just a side note: I helped uh, my brother as a fantasy team, and if anyone in any of your leagues is dumb enough to cut Nelson Cruz, definitely feel free to pick him up. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> wait, wait, who who picked Nelson? Who, who cut Nelson Cruz? Dude, I don't know. But then I turned it into I traded Nelson Cruz for Josh Donaldson, and now our team's just unbelievable. Yeah, it reminds me of last year. So I just kept making, I constantly was making moves, and then it got to a point somebody cut Hanley Ramirez, and I had like two more pickups that week, so I picked him up, and then um, oh, damn it, he played for the Astros last year. I'm blanking on his name, but Colby Rasmus. Ah uh, no, the outfielder, Fuck. Springer. Um, maybe it wasn't the... Anyway, there were two guys, and they both were, like, owned in, like, 92% of the leagues, and one was Hanley Ramirez. I picked both of them up, and I couldn't even play them, so I just stuck them on my bench, but I knew teams would uh, need them. So I was using them in trade bait, and I remember my buddy was like, no, I'm not I'm not taking those, those guys. Like, you don't even play them. I'm like, yeah, sorry, my team's good enough, but I know you want them. So I was able to literally pick them up and then swap them for, like, a stud pitcher. Wow, that sounds like your exact approach in fantasy football too. Well, it's easier. It's easier when the players are actually good, uh, and you can't really uh, screw anybody over. Uh, but because <laughs> yeah, in baseball it's a little different. Where in football you can only use a cell so many times. Um, but all right, I don't know if you guys want to get into this random stuff, but. As you know, Alonzo uh, Ball is making headlines, and he hasn't played a minute in the NBA. Um, his dad's making headlines. Yeah, his dad's making headlines. That's something. That's a shocker. Uh, yeah, so he came out with the ZO2s. Is that what you're calling them? Uh, isn't that what they called? You're not calling them the ZO2s? <laughs> For Alonzo? Uh, I don't know. I would say this. So apparently the logo. Let's go with the Zotus. <laughs> Let's just go with the Notus. They're absolutely horrible sneakers. Um. Yeah. Well, they're 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 horrible sneakers getting sold for five hundred dollars. And if you want them signed by a guy who's not in the NBA yet in an LED lit up box, you can buy them for a thousand. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I mean, the thing is, apparently five thousand these got, things got sold. I, that apparently that was inflated. But the thing is, I was going to compliment the logo is actually kind of cool. Um, except then I read that it's actually stolen. Some guy tweeted, like, hey, I guess I'm making shoes for LeVar Ball now. And it's a guy who's like, the, it's, 
I forget what it is, but uh, he shows his logo and it's like ripped off basically the same. So, and the shoe design looks exactly like Kobe's. Yeah. Um, if you look at the Zoe 2s and Kobe's shoe, they are almost identical. The only thing different was the logo. Yeah, and and it's um, if you are if you don't know the prior thing before they came out with their own thing is basically Lavar Ball went into meetings with Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas and was like, uh, "We want a shoe deal," and they're like, "Okay, you got to license Big Ball Brown with us," and they're like, "Ah, no," and then so he tried that approach. For some reason, he thought he was just going to be able to keep Big Baller brand to himself. He but. No, he didn't want it to himself. He wanted Nike to be a business partner with the Triple B brand or whatever. Big, Big Baller, Baller brand. Big Baller brand, yeah. So, yeah, he uh, they told him to go F off, and uh, he came out with his own shoe, and for some reason, selling it for $500. And well, I just don't that, get it. The thing that's crazy to me is, like, I don't know, I just assume that when you're first coming to market, you want to make something that is affordable to build brand to build your brand. But <laughs> his things, I, I'm sure. Check me on the quote. I'm sure it's not exactly correct, but he said something along the lines of, "If you can't afford them, <laughs> yeah. you're not a baller. Yeah, you're not a big baller. Like, yeah. yeah. I was like, this dude just is unbelievable. He, like, yeah, he doubled down with it. Yeah. This is the polar opposite of. Do you guys remember the Starberries where they were selling yeah. for like? A buck I, fifty, you could get them with change from your car, <laughs> and now they're this, and, and now we got these shoes coming out. It's just like, come on. Well, Did then, you see what Shaq said about it? Yeah, Shaq. No. Shaq tweeted at Lavar, and he was like, "Big ballers don't overcharge for shoes for kids," and then put a picture of his shoe, which you could buy at Kmart for like twenty bucks. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, it got retweeted like a hundred thousand times or something like that. But the other thing, did you see what Dick Vitale said to him? Dickie V, no. old-ass Dickie V tweeted at LeVar Ball and said, I hope your boy can play D because the way he played D in college, he'll get lit up <laughs> He'll get lit up by John Wall, Steph Curry, and uh, some other point guard for like 50 a game. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the thing that's hilarious to me is that LeVar Ball is just setting up Lonzo Ball to get absolutely dominated his rookie year. Because you know everyone who faced him, like, there's no way people are taking the off night. Steph Curry's going to see him, and Steph Curry's going to take, like, 40 shots that day and try and put up 80 on him. People are going to try and light this poor kid up. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Like, his dad is making it hard for him, and he doesn't really have a chance. Um, well, the, the thing I always said that he, he was screwing him with is that the deal, like, I don't know how many of these things are actually getting sold. But you could have had a 50-plus million deal with Nike for Lonzo, and you kind of just, in my opinion, screwed him up a lot of money. But um, I do have one more random thing to get into, and it's something that I teased you guys with before we started recording. And I don't know if I, I didn't want to hype it up too much, but it's pretty funny. So apparently there is a, I don't know if it's the one by me in Virginia, so I'm in California right now, but, back where I'm from in Northern Virginia, there's a school called Robert E. Lee Elementary. Or no, there's Robert E. Lee High School, but this is elementary school. So it's Fox 7. I don't know where that is in the country. But apparently, there was an open... They want to change the name. I can only assume it might have something to do with... uh, You know, I don't know. Robert E. Lee was, what, a Confederate general? I'm not reading too much into that. But Robert E. Lee Elementary. So it says, school name change. And do you guys remember when there was a... um, there was a flight that got taken down. They said, here are the names of pilots on this flight. And it was some, like, intern that wanted to be funny. And it was like, uh, we too low, holy shit, like that kind of thing. It was like names of pilots that were phonetically spelled out to seem Chinese or something like that. Yeah. So it was something like this. So that screens up on the on the Fox 7. It says, school name change, nominations for Robert E. Elementary. Drew Brees Elementary. Bruce Lee Elementary, John Cena Elementary School. This is where it gets good. Adolf Hitler School for Friendship and Tolerance. Schoolie McSchoolface. Those are the nom- Those are like the final nominations for the sh- uh, change of the school. That's not a joke. That it doesn't look like it. 
No way. That has to be a joke. Uh, it's. <laughs> I'm telling you, unless some intern is trying to be funny again, Adolf Hitler's School for Friendship and Tolerance is... There's no way Adolf Hitler is even a real option at all. Well, it says nominations, top five nominations. I don't know how that works, but someone was just trying to troll and do that. Yeah, but somehow made its way in the top five. Schooly McSchoolface actually is pretty funny. Can you imagine? Where's your kid go to school? Oh, he goes to Schooly McSchoolface. <laughs> like, or what would be funny is like, where's your kid go to school? Oh, he goes to the Adolf Hitler School for Friendship and Tolerance. No one would ever send their kid there. You would move. Uh, it's the worst. But all they, right, Ryan. Do you think they would change their mascot to a swastika? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> On that note, now we have no listeners for Ryan's current call, but congratulations, Ryan. Let's see what you got, buddy. Yeah, I set you up for failure there. All right, so after my perfect week, my current call is really short and simple. Watching the game last night, the Yankees-Cubs game, I finally saw the new rule about the auto walk put into play. First, I thought you could just do it when they came up to bat. Oh my god, I I just saw this too. <laughs> but apparently you can do it at any point. Yep. So Chapman had thrown four pitches. It was a three and one count. And they look at Girardi and Girardi puts up his four fingers and they put I think it was Chris Bryant on first base. What is going on? How is it? This is worse than Little League. That MLB is actually, you can throw up four fingers to put someone on base. That's just dumb. Go back to the old school way. Make them throw their four pitches to the catcher standing up. And if they can't make that happen, then they don't deserve to be in the MLB. Well, I was going to say, I didn't see, I'm not talking about like last night. Is it the first? I saw it actually with uh, the Nationals game with Bryce Harper. And I was going to probably bring it up last week because I saw it for the first time too. And I said, it was like, they were trying to pitch to him, but, like, get him to obviously swing, so they're throwing outside, outside, outside. And then it was 3-0, and and then, or maybe been 3-1, and and they're like, yeah, we'll just walk him. I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, I guess you could, you're you going to walk him anyway, but I feel like that. I thought the rule was only going to be, um, what do you call it? I thought the... Uh, what do you call it? I'm blanking now. I thought you could only do it when, right when they came up. It's like, oh, we want to walk them, not wait a couple pitches in. Yeah, it's dumb. That's the worst rule change in years. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> uh, Woods wants us to slam the curtain shut, so we're gonna... That's it for Ryan. Uh, that's it for episode quattro. Uh, we'll hopefully be next week. No more two-week layoffs. Um... I'm unemployed, so I guess we can do this a little easier. But all right, from Los Angeles, from Virginia, from New Jersey, this Triple Play podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye.